Brought to you by Leave the Ring Network. All boxing, no filter. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the pound for pound best radio show around the world. It's Leave it in the Ring. Welcome to another edition of Leave the Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. Well, we're going to get into what happened on Saturday night on DAZN, not just with the weight that they had for the East Coast boxing fans, but we're going to talk about the Canelo Kovla result, the Garcia Dono result, and, and Jorge Masvidal calling out Canelo Alvarez after his win over Nate Diaz. And then we're going to preview Nonito Dornier versus the monster Inoue. So we got some things here to talk about it here on Leaving the Ring. But first, let me give you some announcements here. Uh, if you haven't checked out F It, Let's Talk Fights with Johnny Zig, check those episodes out. The guy brings some fire to the network. Uh, like the way he breaks down the fights. I like his energy. Don't forget, we still got Kurt, the es uh, Esquire of Boxing, does fantastic interviews. But also, coming up this Thursday, our very own Evan Rokowski from Ficinado is going to be joining Chris Mannix to discuss the the holdup, the weight that the zone had, the, the the disrespect that boxing fans felt that night that they had to hold off and wait for the UFC main event to finish before the who they tuned in to watch Canelo Kovla could step into the ring. So all of that's going to be covered when uh, Evan Rogowski uh, gets on Chris Mannix boxing show, and you guys will get that. So I won't get too much into it because uh, what I know is that what Evan had told me is going to get very in depth about it and. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an anticipated show. So let's go off first. Let's let's talk about Ryan Garcia, who now moves to 19 wins, 16 KOs over Romero Dono, who was the smaller guy. But at the time, a lot of us thought was going to be the major test. You know, if you remember uh, uh, just a few months back, right? Uh, Dono was wearing a shirt saying, basically, don't run, stop hiding, stop ducking me, Garcia, uh, you know, you're, you're afraid of me, I'm the guy that everybody wants to see you step in the ring and finally see if you're really, truly the goods. Well, shit, he did. He went out there, Ryan Garcia went out there and explosively, explosively, I don't even know how else more to put it, made a huge statement. By stopping Dono in that first round. Didn't even allow Dono to warm up. Now, here's here's my thing, okay? Dono being five foot seven, stepping in the ring with a guy that's that is registered at 5'10, with a 70 reach. He's got, I believe, what uh it's two inch more. But it was almost as if Dono's camp and himself never watched, you know, Ryan Garcia fight. Because, you know. There's the one. There's the one thing with Ryan Garcia. If you do not impose your style or will against him immediately, he will take over. He is a very, very fast starter. He's not your t traditional Mexican uh, a, a fighter. He's a Mexican American kid who starts off very fast. Here's another thing: being five seven for Dono, I'm like wondering why is this guy. Trying to box him from the outside. He's the shorter guy. He's got 
two inches less of a reach than Ryan Garcia. But instead, he was opting out to like kind of take his time. It was almost like he was warming up. They didn't warm up in the in, in, in the locker room. I don't know what the case was. But here I was watching a guy thinking that I'll fight him in the outside, which you're at the end, end, end of his punches. Ryan Garcia's punches. You're at the very end. Like, why would you stay out in the danger zone? That's where Ryan Garcia wants you at. He wants you to be right there at the end of his glove. So I sat there and I'm watching it. I got a bunch of people around me because we had this fight party here at the house, which was great, successful. There was like, what, 15, 20 hits here. But everybody was thinking the same thing. Everybody was asking the same question. Why is this guy not coming in forward? Why is he not shuffling his feet to close distance on Ryan Garcia, pushing him back to the ropes, making him feel uncomfortable the way Jason Belez did? Now, that's a fight that if I was on Donald's team, I would have watched carefully and see and, 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 and noticed that, that there are certain things that Garcia still hasn't proven yet that he's completely mastered or he's fine-tuned, which is inside boxing. We don't really know that. I mean, we've seen a little bit, you know, uh, uh, of the inside that there's some improvement, but not enough. But instead, Donald's camp and Donald himself decided to go out there and whatever the case is, you know, um, Maybe they walked in cold. I don't know. Maybe they felt like, you know what, we could, we're going to slowly walk him down. We could take his punch. We could take his power. But the two main factors about Ryan Garcia is he's got power and he has speed. The kid, they call the kid Flash. There's a reason why. So I'm witnessing Donald just sitting out on the outside allowing Ryan Garcia to, to tee off on him. And, but, and here's another thing. No head movement. Uh, the gl- the gloves weren't high. You know, he wasn't trying to, He, you know, I could see one thing. If, if you're trying to, you know, register your distance, if you're trying to, you know, see how hard this guy hits, you, you kind of want to go into that Philly style, that I Corte style, you know, the gloves up high, the earmuffs, winky right thing, you know, where you catch the, uh, most of the absorbent power with your, with your gloves. But Donut didn't do any of that. He was taking some flush shots, and I was sitting there wondering how much more of this can he endure, and guess what? Not not much longer. He was dropped. He was stopped. The way he fell, his arm just kind of slid down on the canvas, told us everything. The ref saw it immediately, waved off the fight, and Ryan Garcia, Garcia won with flying colors in everybody's eyes. He was like, holy smokes. Okay, he's starting to slowly look like the real deal. I just sit back and I wonder if Donald and them, their camp now think as after this, after the aftermath of witnessing what they did, do they realize what they did wrong? Because they're never going to get that chest. They're never going to be able to catch that back. Why? Because it makes no sense for Brian Garcia to say later on, I want to fight this guy because we have unfinished business. Their business was finished immediately in that first round. Everything we wanted to find out about Ryan Garcia, we found out. On that first round. So I want to see more of Ryan, obviously. I think we all do. Um, we want to see him in rounds. We want to see him in with tougher fights, you know. So kudos to Ryan Garcia. 
who was getting a lot of flack from all kinds of fight fans. They're calling him a ducker. They were saying this guy's scared and, you know, and, 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 and whatnot in social media and in the press, wherever this kid's name was being mentioned, you guys know it. I've not, I've never been a really big fan of him because I'm just one of those type of guys, those old school boxing fans that have to see the good slowly develop. And then when I finally put that stamp on them is when you find, when I have finally said, okay, Okay, now we're at in, we are at a position that you cannot deny that there's something here. As of right now, Ryan, for me, still is the kid that needs to step up, still needs to move up the ladder slowly but surely. And I think Golden Boy is doing a fantastic job in doing that. such things like that. They have learned their lesson. They have learned their lesson. Took them time because they were a baby in this in the promotional game, but now they have learned their lesson of how to develop develop their fighters. And Ryan Garcia went out there, and he basically the statement was, "I told you so." All of you guys, I told you so, and I gotta love that. I love that when a fighter is able to back up the spewing of of of, of their of their arrogance through social media, but at the same time. Spell it in a language we understand as fight fans, which is the fisticuffs, and do it in that kind of fashion, that's an explanation for us. We're like, woo, okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's move on to the main event. Canelo Alvarez winning the title over, which was a WBO, I believe, right? I'm not going to get into the whole logistics of all that, but gets in with with... The career-long Sergey Kovala, the crusher. Now, I had a lot of questions. Uh, very intriguing fight. The first round finally rings. Here we are. We, we, this, you know, that was the moment we've been waiting for to see, to witness how good can Canelo perform at 175 how hard, how much of a hard hitter he was, can be, I'm sorry, at 175. And can he take a renowned puncher at 175? Well, everything got answered and then everything didn't get answered. Okay. Now, I saw a lot of folks saying, hey, Kovla took a dive. Um, he looked drained. He looked like this. He looked like that. And, and you know, the one thing that just came to mind, you know, I think a lot of folks were upset because they were expecting Kovala to go out there and establish that beautiful jab that we've seen him do numerous times. The jab that put down an exhausted, unexperienced Anthony Yard. Uh, we, we were expecting to see that. We were also expecting that big straight hand right to come down the pipe, connect on Canelo's jaw. And either stump him a bit, make him retreat if he was coming forward, or just make him rethink his game plan. But instead, we didn't see that. We saw some pity pats. Uh, we saw some, we saw him, you know, pick and choose. He almost, he almost kind of was, you know, taking a page from from Usyk and 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 Lomachenko. You know, he's pity patting, trying to find the kinks and trying to iron them out while he was. Looking for soft spots in Canelo's game. And Canelo, being the counterpuncher, well, he was capitalizing. 
You know, it, it on some of the scorecards, they were pretty close. You know, Kovala was, you know, banking some rounds. And then another folks, it was, it was Canelo. But it, definitely it was a Canelo night. You could, you could feel it. You know, everything was a Canelo thing. Because Canelo was landing the flusher, harder punches. Where Kovala just didn't look like the crusher. And there were some folks here in my house. We were watching the fight. That immediately felt like. Uh, one, it, it, dude, he doesn't look like Kovalev. What's what's going on here, Dave? And then when the fight was ended by a left hook right hand by, by Canelo on the 11th round, there were some folks that felt, could this be fixed? Could, could the fix be in? Because it's boxing, right? Well, this is the one thing that I posed to everybody that asked me that very question. Could this have been fixed? Could Kovala take a high payday and say, I'm not going to, I'm going to take a dive because that's what they are, you know, they're asking me to do because they want the superstar to keep climbing up the hill. There's bigger fights for him, you know, down the road, blah, 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 blah. But my, my question to them was this. Here you had Kovala who had a near death fight with a big cruiserweight that came down Anthony Yard a young lion and nearly got almost knocked out. The fight was immediately announced for Kovala and his team that they were going to take on Canelo in November. It was only a few months back. Now, Buddy McGirt said it was welcoming because that means they didn't have to leave camp. You know, that meant that they didn't, they didn't have to get his guy back into shape, back in the gear, get him back into that fight mode. Because there was a small break, and then they could pick up where they left off. So I had these two questions. One is, when you train sometimes, and we've seen this with fighters, there's a such thing called overtraining. They overtrain that they leave the fight in them in the gym. It's no longer there. Because there was no rest time. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, yeah, but, you know, the old school fighters, you know, you know, uh, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson would fight six weeks, eight weeks after, even four weeks after. But see, that was a regular, regular thing in those times. Your fighters didn't make what they're making today. I thought that time what they're making today. So to put food on the table, uh, they had to continue to take on fights. They had to make sure they took on the mandatories. You know, and they had to make sure that they were climbing up that ladder to get those championship fights. So that was a more of a common thing. Whereas a fighter nowadays are taking six months to eight months out of leave, out for leave, right? For a rest period, then come back in and 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 then put their put their body through a trauma to get it back in a fight condition. I'll give you a prime example, and I know a lot of you guys are going to argue with me because a lot of you guys didn't research this or didn't even cover uh, the Antonio Margarito, and you guys are going to say, oh, he's a cheater. How could you make this comparison? That's bullshit. at Pastor uh, uh, Paris and his gloves, and that's a totally different segment, but I'm going to give you something here. Antonio Margarito went through fire when he felt Miguel Cotto. Fire, man. It was the perfect fight for him. It was, the, it was the fight that he, he had been living to finally get. And he got it. 
And a lot of us, most of us believe that all that he put in, all that hard work, all that, that desire, that want was left in that Madison Square Garden fight with Miguel Cotto. He gets in with Sugar Shane Mosley and he did not look like the same guy. He looked thawed out. His punches weren't behind him. Everything seemed to just disperse, disappeared like magic. And some of you are going to say, well, he didn't have the plaster of Paris in his, in his gloves. But again, that's another show because it wasn't proven. If you never listened to our interview with Antonio Margarito or never read the articles and, 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 and or even like what Doug Fisher covered it very well for Ring Magazine, go back and check those out. It might change your view and your, and your idea of what happened that night with Antonio Margarito and versus Miguel Cotto. But going back with Kovala, is there is a such thing that you can leave that last bit of fight in you in the last fight. You're only as good as you are at your last fight. Remember that. So there's always a gamble for every fight camp. There's always a gamble for every trainer, every promoter. You know, I always say Freddie Roach, I told Freddie Roach in person that Freddie was by far one of the best mat matchmakers. He understood time. He understood when was the perfect time to put your fighter in with another fighter that may or may not be on their way out, but it would make their, their fighter confidence boost up and popularity stock just jump. Golden Boy and them have gotten better. They saw something with Kovala. They obviously understood, uh, their camp understood, Canelo's camp understood that, you know what, um, that yard fight took a lot out of that guy. He may not be the same dude if we take it immediately because he didn't give his, his body time to rest, to heal up properly. Just because the outside, you don't see bruises and stuff, it, it's in the inside. Mentally still, he's been shook. And he could have overtrained, didn't give his time, give that body time to, to heal, to get itself back together. Because believe it or not, fighters are not machines. They're human beings just like us, <laughs> unfortunately. So what I witnessed was a Kovala that couldn't seem to get himself together. And so they reverted to pity patting and hoping that that was going to be enough to keep Canelo off, maybe kind of confuse him a bit because it made Canelo a bit cautious uh, thinking that there was going to be a big punch coming from behind that, but instead, Canelo stuck to his game plan, which is, you know, slowly press forward and use a lot of counter shots. And did he get clipped with, with, with jabs? Did he get clipped with some right hands? Did he get clipped with body shots? He absolutely did. But I think he eventually, within the rounds going in, I think Canelo finally was 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 caught up to what Kovala's game plan was to do which was just really went on points. He wasn't looking to KO him. I don't think he had it in him anymore. Watching the fight, I really believe that whatever dog that was in him was now gone. It stayed in the house. 
And that's not Canelo's fault. I think a lot of folks don't understand that. It's not the fighter's fault that another guy didn't show up. And it's not the fighter's fault that they went and they gave him a piece of paper and said, here, sign this so we can fight. It's got to also be the responsibility of the other fighter and their team to realize my guy's not ready. Or my guy doesn't have it in them. And, we, you know, let's do it. Yeah, wait, wait. My guy don't have it. Let's do it because it'd be the biggest payday for him. We buy into it because that's what we do as fight fans. We hope that, that we're going to see something special. The way we saw something with, uh, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Look how many of us thought Andy Ruiz couldn't pull it off. Except for my boy Ernesto Gabayon from Everlast and now with Golden Boy. But not many. I mean, I certainly didn't. I had gave you the, the map of how he could pull it off. But I had no certain in me to believe or to bet down that Andy Ruiz would pull it off. And guess what? It's those moments. And those are the moments that I love in boxing. That I'm not always certain or for sure. And I give you my scenario and I give you my take. I analyze it and I look at it and I say, this could or this couldn't happen. I'm not sure. I said, I, I didn't think that Canelo, except like, uh, uh, you know, Johnny Zig from... From Effort, Let's Talk Fight said he, he made a prediction. He predicted that Canelo was going to knock out Kovala. And I remember talking to him on a conversation. I was like, now what? What? Johnny? Put down the brewskis, vato. No way. And guess what? It happened. But I wasn't anticipating a Kovala coming out that had no more dogfight in him. I'm not, I'm not mad. It, it happens because it's boxing. There's a strategic way of, of playing this game. You got to pay attention. All kudos to both men that came out. You know, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't the, the, the highlights or the expectations were met by some fans because they were looking to see something Clyde. They wanted to see that, they wanted to witness a train wreck. But I tell you what, you guys didn't get in the UFC either. With Diaz and, and Jorge uh, uh, Masvidal, that, was, that fight didn't hold up to the expectations that most of us thought was going to happen. So let's get into a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Okay? I don't normally talk UFC. Don't, I, because I don't really watch it. But my guests that came over, they were like, look, we want to watch it because it's a Valley Boys in Stockton. We're 30 minutes away. Um, you know, bro, put it on. Absolutely, man. I, I was like, hell yeah. You know, I'm not against it. It's, it slowly has kind of grown on me, but I'm not a aficionado about it. I'm, like, oh, I'm not like, oh, Mr. Like, oh, you know, yeah, Armbar. And, you know, oh, yeah, you have to do. I'm not. That's not me. It's not me at all. So we put it on. Um, I'm, I'm watching it here and honestly I'm sitting there and I'm watching this kid Diaz who if he was in boxing everybody would have probably called him exactly what we were calling Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. when he fought Canelo a human punching bag kid was just taking shots, kicks I mean you name it he got it got rocked then got the cut above his eye and I was just so surprising and I almost disgusted when I heard I think I believe it was Joe Rogan that goes that's not even a bad cut there's been worse cuts in the UFC 
And I'm like, holy shit. I thought I was a freaking ghoul, a blood, you know, bloodthirsting ghoul. But I, I'm like, man, what do you want the guy? To, you want him to finally, when he hit a certain, you know, in his 40s, to be blind in one eye so that he could satisfy, satisfy your thirst? That's, that's crazy. Live another day, Nate Diaz. That's what I thought. And rightfully, they did the right thing. They stopped the fight. The doctor came in and waved it off. No matter how many bulls were, there were, and bullshit, bullshit. But remember this, those guys have to have a life after the octagon or the ring. So Jorge uh, uh, Masvidal decides to call out Canelo Alvarez. Now, Canelo has shown and flirted with the possibility, if the money's right, why not? And I was like, yeah, why not? Because it seems to be that's the benchmark that when you beat a Nate, Nate Diaz, like the way Conor McGregor, McGregor did on the rematch, that you go on and you face one of the best fighters in the world in boxing. And right now, Canelo is by far one of the best to lace gloves. You can't argue with that. No matter how much you hate him, no matter if you, you want to call him uh, 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 you know, the tainted meat king and all this other stuff, you, you can't argue that the guy steps up, takes on the strongest oppositions that are available for him, and he gets it done. Same thing with this Ryan Garcia kid. No matter what, I may not like his tactics. I may not like his social media, you know, BS. And I'm not, I'm just not up to it. I'm not up to date with all that crap, you know, but I got to give credit due where it's at. And that's, these guys are going in and they're doing what they said they're going to do in the ring where it counts. Now, Masvidal did the same thing, but now he's saying, hey, I, I want to fight Canelo. Let's make it happen. Two reasons. One, he's a fighter. And every fighter believes they're unbeatable when they haven't lost yet. And especially if he's got a winning streak with he has right now, right? You know, so two, the biggest payday. He'll get the biggest payday if he faces Canelo. Why? Because the UFC fans will once again drink the Kool-Aid believing that because this guy was able to do what he did to Diaz, which... By the way, Diaz has no defense, and Diaz was actually landing really sloppy, I don't know if you want to call them hooks, on this kid Javier, who, who was taking punches from a very slow and, and predictable so-called boxer slash MMA fighter, which his, his game, honestly, Diaz's game is on the ground, which we saw, and I got to give this to the kid Diaz, is. is even being rocked, and I'll get back to Masvidal and Canelo, but I just want to point this out. Even being rocked, he would get rocked and immediately he would throw himself on the ground on his back and he recouped himself. Really smart, man. Because a lot of times when you get, and that's when you, you know the guy's been through some freaking wars. When he's talking about scar tissue, holy shit, you breathe on the guy's face the wrong way. He opens up. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like your first your, night of a, your, your, your prom date. <laughs> you know, it's crazy but he he understood automatically i got rocked and like boxers that that are experienced that are calm collective in the ring when they get rocked what do they do they hold so they can gather themselves back they can get their feet underneath them they can they can clear the clouds in their head 
So that kid Diaz did the same thing by going on the ground and inviting uh, uh, Masvidal to to engage with them where he's comfortable, and that guy didn't take it. It's like, nope, come on, step on up. The fans came out for a fight, and that's what we're going to give them. So I welcome him to come to the boxing uh, uh, green side and, and uh, you know, this side of the fence and to challenge himself. Hey, more power to you if you want to. I mean, I, I don't see the problem, you know. Uh, you would see fans would welcome boxers top of their game to, to come down to the octagon. But, they I mean, why would a boxer do that? You're not going to make that amount of money. So the logic is for them the UFC fighter to jump over the fence, to come down, to, to run down the golden, golden path to the ring. But I tell you what, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather walked down Conor McGregor. I, 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 you know, Canelo's not going to walk down this guy, Jorge uh, Masvidal. I think he's just going to beat the crap out of him. One, Masvidal doesn't, wouldn't, wouldn't know what to do to, with a counterpuncher like Canelo. And Canelo is very precise with his punches. And he does everything overall very good. And he's elusive. He is not your typical Mexican fighter at all. And Masvidal wouldn't be able to put in those knees and elbows and all this other stuff. He would have to be disciplined and learn that it's harder to knock out a guy with precision. You don't have all the extra stuff to help you out. And I'm pretty sure that the majority of fans from across both tables would know that the bet, the secure bet would be Canelo by a mid-knockout or a TKO. That, that would be the most logical thinking for anybody. But, of course, you're going to have some diehards. They're going to say, you know, from the other side of the fence, say, oh, no, no, no. Once this guy, Javier, touches him, Canelo's not going to know what to do. And that's when we sit back and say, uh, hey, I got a bridge to sell you. Um, you know. Anyways, that's it for me, man. Um, just want, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Oh, hold on, hold on, Dave. I forgot. We got uh, Nonito Dornier and the Monster In Your Way. They're going to be fighting. Um, it's supposed to be, what, Wednesday morning? I think at 2 or 3 in the morning uh, slash Thursday morning, right? A lot of us are probably going to be in bed and sleep at that time. I'm going to get the alarm on. I, I know Johnny was telling me about that, and I was like, dude, I'm going to stay up. I, I'm going to watch it because I go on vacation this week. I'm leaving on Thursday, so uh, I have to get up anyway. So that's going to be perfect for me while I'm getting ready, packing up, getting everything ready to go. I'm going to watch it. What's my prediction? I'm not well. I, I mean, I'm going to give you my prediction, but I'm bringing, giving my break, my breakdown. One is you got to give credit to Nonito Dornier, man. Um, the guy's taking on the best availability. My biggest problem with Nonito was that the best. His prime, in my opinion, was left because he started celebrating at like a celebrity. If you've listened to my show and you've followed me, my biggest problem was when he decided that at his best days, he would become like a photographer and, and this guy that was, I mean, he was just soaking up the pound for pound uh, uh, applause and, and, and awards that people were giving him. Uh, and then finally, when, when, when the other guys were coming up, uh, he, he didn't know how to respond to him anymore because he responded as a guy that was always dominant you know he almost forgot how to be that fighter 
So he gets in with Rigondeaux. Rigondeaux showed him that a lefty and a, a, a lefty boxer puncher um, is a lot harder than, than boxing a guy that it's on his way out or or the smaller or smaller guy that he's with, you know he had been dealing with in the past um but to me it just wasn't in his game it, it, for me he just wasn't a fighter in the head when he got in with with uh, uh Rigandau. and that was like a reality check for him man to tell you the truth because it really shook him then he got in with the Axeman Walters. He jumped up in weight. And, and when he started moving up in weight, he started to become more, you know, vulnerable. And he was getting beat up. And, and he got smart and said, you know what? This is not for me. I'm fighting way too big of guys. I'm going back down. And so far, you know, I know I said that, that, that he's been kind of lucky, you know, because the guys that he was supposed to face, it didn't, you know, it didn't come through. Um, so he's got to this point. And anyway, has skin keeps proving over and over and over. Holy smokes, has he not? This guy keeps proving that he's a he's a force. I mean, if he's not on your on your top ten list of fighters to watch, or five top guys, I don't know who is. You know, I mean, he's one guy that you have to you have to watch because you really don't know what you're gonna get. Is it gonna be ten seconds? Is it gonna be thirty seconds? Is it gonna go around? Could it go two rounds? We don't know yet. He's explosive. He's got speed. He does everything overall very, very well. Nonito may be right now the most recognizable name for fighters that are outside of the box. More of the guys that, you know, because Nonito's name is very recognizable. Um, if you've been following boxing, you know him because Victor Chinian and all that. But there's a lot of fighters that are new to the game that don't really know uh, way yet. But they know Nonito, you know. So this is a good fight. For anyway, the monster, because he finally gets a very recognizable and uh, uh, credentialed uh, guy that was considered a pound for pound at one time. You know, uh, uh, at one time, Donier was anyway, blowing guys out with his power and his speed. And it was scary when Onita was in his prime. Now he's going to face almost a mirror of himself, but... I think Inoue just does everything better, even when Nonito was in his prime. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let me take that back. Because Nonito was fucking, he was pretty bad, man. Great counter puncher. Um, had high, yeah, really a high IQ in boxing. He still does. Uh, you know, I'm not the you know, let me take, yeah, he still does. And I think that's why he may oppose some, some, he may uh, uh, draw out some exposure. Expose, I'm sorry, expose. He may draw some exposing of Nonito's game. He may be able to prove that Inouye, I'm sorry, yeah, Inouye's game, he may be able to expose that Inouye is not really the monster that we believe he is. Because Nonito can jab, Nonito can switch and hit. He can do southpaw, orthodox, and he's got power. And let me tell you what, he throws every time with conviction. But that might be his downfall for this fight. Because Anyway, wants you to open up. Anyway, knows how to fight when you throw punches. When you throw punches, he throws punches. He knows to fight right in between those, those pot shots. He'll get his punches in. And that's where we got to find out where Nonito is, really. Physically, can his body be intact when, when the monster lands? Something huge. Whether it's a body shot or a head shot, we, don't, we still don't know if Nonito is is. Physically ready still. Is he out of his prime completely? 
Is his body old because he's an older guy now and he's been in through some fights? He's been in through some wars. He's been part of the fight game for quite some time. We don't know yet. But I, I'm hoping that Nonito's going to give Inoue a round for his money. I'm hoping that he's going to expose some things that Inoue doesn't do well, that he has to go back to the drawing board. I, I, I'm hoping that win or lose, Nonito still gets praised of a great fighter that he once was. Made a, he may have forgot when he was there at the height of his career, but I'm glad that he came back down the light to, to reality. He got grounded again. And he realized, I'm a fighter first. Before anything else, I'm a fighter. So I'm, a, I'm expecting a great night. Uh, um, you know, this is Donito's chance to arise to the occasion. To show everybody, I have one more left in me. But man, you know, Inoue is the Godzilla of that division. And he looks like he's going to continue to trample through smaller cities. So my pick is going to be Inouye in the fifth or sixth round. I see him stopping a forthcoming and willing to trade and go into the mouth of madness against Inouye. No needle door near. And I'm going to applaud him. And I'm just going to hope that he gets out of there okay. You know, because we never want to see our fighters, man, um... You know, we want to see him live and prosper after the sport's gone and over with. So, anyway, by, by knockout fashion over and final, hopefully, for Nonito Dornier. Or Nonito Dornier pulls a Eric Morales and does such a great job that he awes everybody. Like, holy smokes, when Eric Morales got in with uh, uh, Chino Madonna, right? Or other, other great fighters that we thought they were on their way out should be on their way out, like Angulo, who got his win over Peter Quillen, but Peter Quillen's no anyway, <laughs> right? But still, you know, we, we hope that these fighters that we've watched for so many years at least give a little bit of that life in them, in that ring, so they walk away proud. And I'm hoping for that on that night that he does that, and I think he will, you know? Uh, I think he's gained all the respect from fans. But it, this is just one of the leaps, man, that you have to sit there and go, oh, man, I just, I'm pulling for him. It would be upset of the year, man, if he did it. And I think this is a by far better fight than some folks are, are giving, you know, um, credit to. Because, like I said, Nonito's got speed and he's got power. And when he throws a punch, he throws it with conviction. There's passion behind Nonito Dernier's punches, man. You can't take that away from the kid. But if anybody brings that same intense, anyway, the monster does that too. And he's got time on his side where Nonito has father time just sanding out in that hourglass. So anyways, that's that's my bit here on leaving the ring, man. As always, I want to thank everybody that tunes in, that sends us emails. Let me know what you guys think. You know, tell me what you think. Give me your pick, and uh, I'll see you guys back next week. All right, take care. Ladies and gentlemen.